Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task. It just keeps coming back. Well, today we're brought to you by the organization experts, IKEA. IKEA knows we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess, whether it be that chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed. That's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, underbed storage, and other solutions to help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. Speaking of testing, let's get some piggies in here and see how much, I don't know, lotion they can take. <laughs> this is the brighter side of animal testing and, you know, just general bullshit that we do to animals. It kind of sucks, but, you know, they're delicious and we got to know, you know, how good the suntan lotion is. So we'll figure <laughs> out, you know, what's going on. Uh, we Later on, we're going to be talking to uh, someone who actually works in the field. But joining me is my very compassionate friend, Molly Neffel. How you doing, darling? I'm good. I'm so happy to be here with you. It's been way I, too long. I know. I know. We, you're, you're my favorite friend I never see. You're my favorite friend I never see. <laughs> and that was a very generous introduction you gave me. My most compassionate friend. You I are. like it. Yeah. Thank you. And as always, Miss Mary Kelly doesn't give a shit about anybody. No, it's true. It's the Irish in it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a strong point of... Irishness is to really just not care whose feelings you hurt. Yeah, fuck you, you shut of a bitch. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> Facts. All right, so let's get into it. I, you know, obviously I am a man of my stature and I <laughs> eat meat every meal. I, uh, I don't, I, I, I definitely understand that there is awful things that are going on, but at the same time, don't care that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I know you do, Molly. I know this is something that's near and dear to your heart to the point where you just don't even eat meat. You used to be completely vegan. You don't buy belts. <laughs> just shanty up with ropes. I constantly uh, getting pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really had an impact on my social life in terms of my pants falling down. Yeah, I stopped eating meat when I was sixteen. Uh, and went vegan when I was 17, and basically, and now I'm 31, and so it's been, I guess, half my life-ish, and uh, I have definitely, in that time, consumed a great deal of meat. Like, I have, I'm not uh, totally pure. There's been times, like, when I was studying abroad in the Czech Republic, I ate sausage. I was, like, 90% sausage, mm. and... Uh, I thought that was great. It was 
so it was those are the best you gotta bend, when you're not in america you can bend the rules a little bit i feel like. yeah exactly like and i wasn't even that was i had been vegan leading up to going there um and you went straight to sausage i went straight to sausage and at first Ooh. i was like oh i have to because of the culture which was kind of true because i was live i was a homestay and mm-hmm. i wanted to be able to eat whatever they gave me and i didn't want to be like i'm vegan but uh but then I also was like, I actually just want to eat these sausages. Like yeah. it wasn't just when they were given to me. I so did you like get slow and sluggish and stuff? Or I had w- with the sausages, I had what I called sausage nightmares, which is meat dreams. <laughs> oh yeah, no, very real thing. They're real. Oh yeah, good. I you would eat a sausage. And also, mind you, this was like, I was like, you know, 19 and in Prague. And even if you're not 19, they drink beer all day. Mm-hmm. And when you're 19 God, and you're like, gotta go. it's, it's really great. Sausage and beer all day. I do got to say sausage nightmare at 19 sounds like my dating life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only one. This is one type of sausage nightmare <laughs> uh, and one only. But yeah, you wake up in the middle of the night and everything smells like sausage. The sheets oh, yeah, smell like sausage. Sweating it out, yeah, and you're yeah, so yeah. thirsty, mm. and you're dehydrated from all the beer and all the sausage. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, throughout my life and the times where I have eaten meat, um, I actually have not really gotten sick. Like, I feel like meaty after I eat a meat mm-hmm. meal. But I think even people who eat meat feel meaty. Absolutely. It yeah. slows you down, especially when you get in and you have that sausage, like, or... The organ meat, you know, like liver and stuff <laughs> like that. That'll really take you take you down a couple steps. I think that that's like if we were still hunter-gatherers, it's like you would eat the type of meal that you probably eat several times a day slash week, and then you would take like a long nap. Yeah. And then you go up and go find- Because there was no nine to fives. Exactly. You, know, you just get up when you get up. You sleep when you sleep. Live like an animal. It's a pretty good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so- I, we used to do late night meets all the time. When I lived with Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Late of course. night meets. <laughs> yeah, we'd have, she'd come home. She worked at this barbecue restaurant or something. And so she'd come home at like two in the morning with all the rest of the leftover barbecue. <laughs> and we'd just have late night meat parties. I'd stay up for it. Madeline, too. And we'd just eat, eat, eat. And then just violent nightmares. <laughs> Every night I'm in Braveheart in my dreams. You really gotta hydrate. I feel like that's the key. I think meat meat really salts you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so you don't. So now you're a pescatarian. I am a pescatarian. You're pescatarian, so you eat fish. I do. Arguably worse than meat. Totally. And that's like, this is, you know, my thing. I've never felt like I have, I've never been interested in, in, you know, telling other people what to eat. Um, One thing that I found when I was vegan is everybody assumed that I was telling them what to eat, but I wasn't. I was just answering the question. I'm vegan. I just want a salad. Please leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. But people would be like, oh, so you think I'm not supposed, you know, people get very defensive. Mm -hmm. Um, not not everybody, but it was. It's like something that people. There's a slight layer in guilt in the murder of you know, and especially when you're throwing it all out. Like, well, if you're any rational person, but like when you throw out a bunch of extra meat, it's you know, it's sad. Yeah, you know, because that means the animal died for no reason. And right. Vegans have bad reputations they as do. being very annoying. They do. They do. Yeah. And I feel like at what as a you know when I was a vegan, I I really felt like that. I felt I understand that probably people have all interacted mm-hmm. with an annoying vegan, mm-hmm. um, but I also do feel like that reputation is like um, 
not totally fair because I do think it has a lot to do with people just reacting. Like they assume something about you're a vegan, you must think that I'm a monster. And I'm like, I don't yeah. care what you eat. Like, well, you know well, what it is? A lot of it's like community. Because my favorite thing to do personally is make a big meal for everybody and we all sit down and we eat the big meal together. Of course. And so it's more like a social thing than they are like, they feel insulted that you don't want to have any of the thing they tried so hard to make or whatever you know like in restaurants too they like the big gathering bring it all out we'll all share it totally you know and so like that i i like see where they're coming from with that but they're still you know wrong you know it's it's like what you can't hang out because you don't you know eat meat you know it's like it's like a weird thing well to be fair a lot of mediterranean cultures are around mostly fish dishes and that's a very big uh community meal yeah 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 Paella's oh, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paella. And then also just Greek seafood. Is- mm. <laughs> yeah. You ever go to a Storia Seafood Market? No. Holy smokes. Really good. Unbelievable. We'll have to go get some scallops sometimes. They use butter, though. Why do you feel about butter? I eat butter. Love butter. I eat a lot of butter. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Yeah, and you know, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like, you know, you can really, you, you, we all try to make somewhat responsible choices in our lives, um, and some people... Uh, for, for some people, that's eating less meat. For some people, it's eating no meat. For some people, it's eating no seafood. I I, do, I think that seafood is terrible for the environment, and I don't think that it makes any more moral sense to eat fish than it does to eat chicken necessarily. Like, I yeah. actually don't. That's not a... Well, we're not running out of chickens, but we are clearly running out of fish. Right, right. That like, is, like, the thing. They're saying in, like, 40 years, there's going to be no more seafood. Right. Which is insane. It's my favorite of all the meats. I could eat crab and scallops till I freaking burst yeah yeah so it's like at this you know i i honestly eat seafood because i just found it to be more like in terms of the social it was hard socially being a vegan it's different now because it's you know i was a vegan almost 10 years ago now like and now it's much more normal uh to have you know every restaurant has a vegan option especially in new york York, right i was in the midwest at the Mm -hmm. time um and also it's i feel like you know if you're having a friend over for dinner I mean, I've been vegetarian long enough that it's just, I feel like, you know, it's easy to have pasta dinners that are, you figure out things that, or if you're going over to a friend's house, you can say, oh, I'll eat whatever, don't worry. And that's easier if you're a vegetarian, which is how I kind of slipped from, I I just gradually was like, I wanted to be able to, I didn't, when I was vegan, I felt like I had to think about what I was eating all the time and it really Mm -hmm. stressed me out. And I actually feel like it wasn't healthy in terms of what I was eating like it it led to you always have to be planning your next meal you always have to be prepared for yeah. what's going to happen if you go some to someone's house and they don't have something and so I kind of just got to a point where I was like I want to try to eat less meat because I do think it's better for the environment I do uh, think generally it's a conscientious thing to do but also sometimes I break sometimes I I mean I do eat seafood yeah. like so I feel like you just got to find and it's just like with any moral choice driving a car or whatever like you have to find a balance that's like ultimately the thing that's fu- the thing that's ruining the ocean isn't like us eating seafood it's like the, the way Japanese that- <laughs> 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 that's exactly what I was going to say Daddy. <laughs> hey do it I'm just saying you see the cove <laughs> They're feeding those dolphins to their kids, giving them big heads. <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, you know, you just, in terms of, I don't put too much stock in terms of the individual choices people make because ultimately it's like corporations that are fucking everything up. It's not yeah. individuals. And so, you know, I don't think that you're any 
worse a person for eating meat at every meal. Uh, But, uh, you know, and I try not to eat that much meat. And I think that that's both of what we're doing is completely fine. And neither of us is the problem. I have gotten a little better with it. I'm not as trashy as I used to be. No fast food. You know, if I can if I can afford if I got a little extra money, definitely spring for the free range and all that stuff right yeah at the same time sometimes you got to feed 200 people and you got to get that shitty chuck made totally yeah Which, that's the other thing it's an economic thing too like you know it's it's to to, to it's it's just easier to eat meat and it's easier to eat so much cheaper farm meat. Yeah. you know yeah. you can't you being healthy is so expensive yes you know mcdonald's cheeseburgers one two dollars you know what? Oh, I'm sorry for interrupting, but there's a reason why meat and potatoes is what poor people eat. Totally. Because it's, it's cheap. Oh, totally. yeah. It's just, yeah, you pull it out of the ground or you slap it in the face till it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, yeah, also, like, nutrient-wise, like, for a while I was trying to eat a high-protein diet and before, I, like, I was still trying to not eat meat. And... I was like was eating just like, like all nuts, just a all can of chickpeas butter. every day. <laughs> yeah, peanut butter, <laughs> uh, so many walnuts, so many chickpeas. Uh, and so you can do it like and I like chickpeas a lot. I was happy to eat a can of chickpeas a day. But yeah. it, it, it's like you have to be home. You have to cook. You have to have spices. All this shit that like if you're out and about and on the run. I mean, my entire like there was like two years when I was living in NYC that I was that I was going to open mics and shows and stuff every night. Yeah. And I was super broke. And like all I ate was dollar pizza so much so that I don't even really like pizza anymore because I like could I felt like I could only eat pizza. And uh yeah so it's just like it's in order to eat healthy and especially in order to eat healthy and meat free it requires way more time and energy and if people don't have that like that's completely completely fine yeah you gotta the important thing is to make sure you have enough energy to get around the house you know (laughs) (laughs) vegan's definitely a rich man's diet i remember last year when we did our uh when the brighter side did our uh Special diet. Did you, did you hear about this? What uh, we did? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh man, it was intense. The, we did for a whole month. We did. We tried five different diets. Really? For the first week, we ate like piggy animals. You know, we were just like at Starbucks getting the crazy sugary lattes and going taking that to McDonald's and like just <laughs> gorging ourselves and eating like a real fat fucking American. And then the second week, we did no carbs. So just no car, but like, you know, I was eating in that. I gained eight pounds the first week (laughs) and then I lost like 20 the second week. Really? With no carbs, just eating bacon and eggs for breakfast every day. Cauliflower rice. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just nothing. It's real. It was really, we lost, I lost a shit ton of weight. And so from then, from no carbs, we went to vegetarian, Uh which was cool. I'm totally down with that. You know, if I put some cheese on some stuff, you know, I'm in. You know, I could figure that out. And then we went vegan. That was very hard for me. Yeah. But it, it, for, a, for a week. And then we finished it out with a three-day juice cleanse. <laughs> Which, to me, the juice cleanse was easier than being vegan, even though it is vegan. It's yeah. just like I have a goal and I know what I'm doing and I got my little bag. And it's just like, and that was, it was fine for that. I do think everyone should try uh, being vegan for a couple of days. Like, like I think that it's helpful because it it makes you think about food in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like when I've had like coworkers and stuff ask me like, "Oh, you know, I want to try to be I want to try to eat some vegan meals a couple of times a week. What should I do?" And you know, I start talking about like spinach and and uh, you know, uh rice and beans and and nuts and shit and like uh I th- I think that, you know, the way I grew up eating as a Midwesterner was just like chicken 
and yeah. potatoes, you know, and then maybe like a frozen vegetable or a steamed vegetable or something. And like trying to think, I think veganism is good because it makes you kind of think about all the things that are food that aren't meat or cheese. Yeah. And it can be very easy to rely on meat and cheese. And so even if you don't become a vegan, I think trying to incorporate more plants into your diet is both a, it's a conscientious choice and, and to be healthy. Honest, it, helps you intellectually it helps you learn about other cultures and like what do the people right. do in, in other parts of the world that you know don't raise cows or don't eat cows for religious reasons you totally. know it's like All you gotta, sorts you of gotta figure out some other stuff out yeah like Which, a, like ethiopian food indian food a bunch of chinese food like all sorts of different like uh, you can actually right like everyone's like oh you know veganism is just like a spoiled white people thing and again I understand why people think that but actually there's in Mediterranean food like there's all sorts of models but for, if like, they're living to 112 you know who the hell are we to judge yeah exactly and, and now, so you were saying earlier about the environment you do it for environment reasons and I've heard this before I mean I mean like most of us have seen food ink you know we've seen the pink rivers of piss you know, Pig, pig piss and whatever the hell happens there, you know, but uh, the uh, w I heard that is it true that like a bunch of cows in a field is just bad for the environment? Yeah, it's like a water suck um, and it's like a methane like it produces a lot of carbon and it mm -hmm. sucks a lot of water, like the amount of water that goes into producing like the calories uh, that a cow can provide like as food it's like way disproportionate like that same amount of water could produce i don't know the mm. numbers but it's like so much you could produce so much more plant food with that amount of water so it's just like meat is like a very resource it's like a water suck and it's a land like suck. an almond uh, yeah, well, right. <laughs> <laughs> there was that whole almond milk backlash. But yeah, it's like it, it's it, you know, you th and also obviously think about land and like the yeah. amount of land that factory farms need to take up. Um, and also changing forests to fields because you can't have factory farms in that's a forest. True. And that's one of the major contributions to why the Amazon is shrinking. It's not necessarily for the trees to make paper and paper products. Just it's for because piggies people and cows. Yep. Right. so bizarre. And 37% uh, of methane emissions are the result of factory farming. Yeah. And that's literally cow farts. That's a, so 37, like over cars and mm -hmm. everything and like aerosol cans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cheeseburgers are ruining the ozone layer. That's mm -hmm. a big, that's a big percentage. 37% so is yeah. huge. I yeah. Mean, you could become president on that. <laughs> or almost probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, those are, it's like, yeah, it's like a kind of on a, on a number of levels um, and then also like we, you know, we grow corn to feed cows, which doesn't just like it doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of like the resources, like all if if the amount of water and land um, was directed to plant food, it would just produce a lot more. It's just like an inefficient way to produce calories for people to for like for human food, you yeah. know. Also, the antibiotics are a big problem in right. factory farms. Because in order to keep disease down in the large population of closely packed together animals, they feed them antibiotics, which wind up in the food. And we already have a huge problem with antibacterial viruses that are resistant to our current medicine. Yeah, that shit scares the hell out of me. Like, yeah. and uh, like, like um, viruses that won't respond to mm -hmm. antibiotics. But yeah, Versa. that's it's like so. It's like even if you know, even if you are not moved by the idea of a bunch of pigs and chickens all being on top of each other and stuff like um you know or just not that you're not moved by it but if you're just like that's not my top priority yeah. um like 
Right. Consuming all of those antibiotics and like it's the chance, you know, the chance like foodborne illnesses are, are just like way more rampant for factory farming because of the conditions. And then I feel like there is a good a persuasive argument to be made for just that re- reducing the amount of, you know, of cows that we would be raising would just have a direct and immediate impact on the environment. And not just that, it tastes better. Anything that's been loved tastes better. Yeah. You know, if you if you eat when you because a cow that's treated well, it's got space it actually eats grass when it's supposed to eat yeah it's freaking delicious go try a free-range burger i mean it's the best it's i sure it's a little more expensive but you know at the same time you put some love into an animal then you slit its throat when it's not paying attention <laughs> very tasty if you're kicking all the time it's sad it's moping around it's not running around it's not strong it's not eating right you know it's not going to be as good i mean clearly i mean coming from the opposite way you know from what you're saying this is it's clearly better food right and better for you you know it's actually what you know it's it's what people used to eat you know before we figured out we could just feed cows corn for some reason and that it's, which is basically i used to know someone who had a whole field of seed corn and it was just like corn that was not good enough for humans, yeah. but they just fed to animals who aren't supposed to eat it. And that was their whole, and they had miles of it, yeah. miles of it. And it was just like your whole family's fortune was based on this seed corn. Yeah. And that fucks with like agriculture and farmers and like, yeah, like, cause the only thing they can farm and get any like money for is like, co- yeah, soy and corn and wheat and like, uh, and it's not high grade. It's not like high quality stuff. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's really, it's like really, you know, kind of, uh, fucked the entire agricultural system to have it be so oriented around factory I mean, farming. God forbid you had a farm next to one of these pig farms, you know, where that is just ruining all the water supply in the town. You know, it's just it's literally crippling some places. Right. Well, on top of that, it's not good for the soil to only farm one type of oh, animal or seed. Well, not only that, but if you're only producing corn in order to feed the animals, that's not good for the soil. That's right. why yeah. the potato famine happened. Right. Oh. Too many potatoes. <laughs> Shit. Bring in the Irish knowledge. <laughs> Uh, Molly, do you have any opinions about, I feel like uh, a new perspective on the debate over meat is kind of the idea of ranking animals in terms of intelligence. In other words, a cow that can contact, or a chicken that can kind of live without having its brain attached is a little more ethical to eat than octopus, which we've seen are very intelligent animals. Yeah. And like, I definitely know people who just like won't pig. eat pigs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, I think that... Uh, yeah, I think that all of the I think that it's kind of just like whatever it is. I think that that one thing that would benefit all of us is to just like think about f- food and think about what meat is. I think that like eating meat kind of relies on not really thinking much about what it is. Yeah. Um. And like, you know, I when I was a kid, I definitely was like, what is this? And, you know, the, the adults are like, it's a chicken. And you're like, like the chickens I see. And then they're like, yeah, but it's fine. Like, and you just kind of are like. Don't think about it too much, you know? Yeah. And so I think that, uh, uh, I think that just, you know, thinking, and if you decide, like, yeah, I actually, I really care about octopuses, or I, I really, I've seen pigs do dog tricks, and I don't want to eat them anymore. Like, I think that um, if that is, like, something that helps people kind of connect to what they're eating, I think that that makes sense. Um I think the plenty of vegans would be like, listen, like all we don't know what how like animal sentience works. Mm -hmm. And um, how do you know that fish don't feel pain or like Mm -hmm. so I think that there is a a, argument to be made that like 
life is life, and if you're choosing not to like eat another life, but then, then plants are life too. So it's like it's all you know. And what's they've the done diff- studies that show that plants fe- plants can feel pain. Really? Yeah, the uh, grass will emit a special chemical to warn other grass when it gets cut. Really? really? Yeah. Whoa. I'm allergic to that. Every time someone cuts grass, I'm always puffy at the face and sneezing everywhere. You're feeling empathetic with the grass. I'm Jewish. (laughs) 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 Damn Jewish allergies. (laughs) Octopus is real smart. That's right. You always forget about that. But I just started. I just started. Yeah, I just started eating octopus. It was. It's one of my new animals. You know (laughs) that I'm conquering here, and I, I, I. it's so good. Is it? It's really good. Yeah. See, for me, like not eating, eating octopus is not a problem because it's, not it's a, it's a crazy thing in. to look at. But man, they're so muscular. Yeah. They're so strong. Yeah. They're delicious. You know, it's but I used to be a lot worse than I was when I was a kid. I was the exact opposite of you. Obviously, you know, <laughs> I looked at like you know every if I, eating a new animal is like conquering another part of the planet. <laughs> I just always think that I would open a restaurant with like Disney themed dishes, you know, like, like you order the Little Mermaid for a seafood platter, you know, or you know, just like Aladdin for monkey brains, or you know, like, a parrot. The Lion King's very expensive. <laughs> Yeah, but like that's yeah, like you know. So for example, like uh, you know, this is a different thing about animal rights. But like you know, you see like the the Trump kids uh, are like really into poaching, and like there's all these pictures of them They're fucking evil holding up. Yeah, and poaching's like, very evil. It's so evil, and it's that is d- different, obviously, than eating chicken, obviously. But like. Uh, you know, I do think like there is a natural human reaction against animal suffering. Like if you see an animal suffering, you see those fucking Trump douches holding up ant- dead animals, and you're like, that is cruel. Mm-hmm. And like the Jimmy John's guy, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I feel like uh, you know, um, again, like I d- I do think every you know e- eating what you eat is very personal. It's very cultural. Um, you know, and I do think I adopted kind of no judgment on what people eat, but I do think like just trying to have some kind of emotional connection to what you're eating unless you're yeah. ahead which, and you're just celebrating death every at every turn. I mean, not celebrating death, you know, just celebrating, you know, meat. Yes. The, uh, now let's switch gears a little bit. Let's go into, let's talk about animal testing. Uh, obviously, you know, sometimes it's necessary and other times it isn't. Um, what, how do you feel about it? Like, why do you, like, what's your personal opinion about animal testing? Yeah, I don't know. This is like a topic I don't know a ton about, but definitely I was actually thinking about this, uh, yesterday because somebody was telling me that there was a study that shows that like rats are more communist than humans. Uh, <laughs> like if they, now I'm not going to remember the details, but it was like if rats, they work uh, together. Yeah, and if like if they see that another rat is hungry, they'll like go t- and there's a food source. They go tell the other rats about the food source before they go and eat themselves. Oh wow! Um, and somebody was telling me this study, and I was like, "This is fascinating." And then I was like, "But poor rats!" Like, and so then I was thinking about. But I was like, you know, I I do understand. I think that there's probably a very persuasive argument argument to be made against all animal testing. Um, and I think that like people who are against animal testing who do like that work are very I think that they're like righteous and mm-hmm. right on. Um, I, I, I do think that, I, you know, I think that you can make a distinction between animal testing for like lotions and shit, which I think is completely not 
okay and not necessary. How else how would you how else would you do it? Would just sit on humans no, and just pay them? No, it's 2017. We surely have a way of fi- figuring out if a lotion is going to Also, you I mean, without using there's an a lot of different lotions already. Yeah, we, exact, exactly. We, we, we don't we need to develop be, any more lotions. We might be set. Yes. I have heard they're looking into the future using stem cell research to replicate human skin. So it's kind of skin in a in a test tube that you test stuff on. Oh, wow. Non-sentient so skin. So apparently that's the future of it. But in regards, I think I agree with uh, cosmetics or things that are kind of surface level amenities versus essentials. Uh, perhaps animal testing is something worth fighting for. However, when it comes down the line, if you're testing out a new diabetes medicine, you can't start with a human trial. Right. And I think that even, you know, maybe, I, like, I, I think that even as, as interesting as the communist rat study is, I, I think that even social, like, social, using, um, you know, the monkeys and rats and shit for social experiments, I think makes me pretty uncomfortable. Uh, I think... I, I think that you could probably make an argument that you know we don't need to know whether rats are more communist than humans. Uh, but but in terms of medical testing, I think that you know I know nothing about medicine and how it works. But I feel like there is I certainly I I, I I see a a meaningful distinction between right like a diabetes medicine that you really can't test on humans uh, and like all of the information you know medical information they've been able to find that I think is different even than like social stuff even though I do think social science is very important Um, but and and then yeah for anything cosmetic I just think it's like you said we've got enough shampoo we don't need any (laughs) more what about shooting monkeys into space how do you feel about that um I think that we should well my 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 alternate to the criminal justice system is that we shoot uh, criminals, criminals in space, into space. Oh. not not like people, not like so they get a, an extra reward. They get to go to outer space. I mean, like Australia war criminals is fun to visit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it could work out. I mean, like war criminals, like very powerful people. When they do bad things, I think they should be shot into space to think about what they've done. This and then is what when, a supervillain's origin story. Is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they think about what they've done, and Fucking then when they realize what they're going to shoot over the moon. Putin into space. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I'm thinking U.S. war criminals. Oh. <laughs> we shoot them into space. Uh, they think about what they've done when they realize what. What they've done wrong and they can demonstrate that they uh, are willing to um, make it better then they can come back and so that's that's we don't need monkeys in space I think we can just that's send the ultimate solitary there. confinement yes this which actually is torture so maybe I shouldn't advocate all <laughs> that like they're gonna figure out that episode of the Simpsons where they make the massive uh, mirror that <laughs> points onto earth <laughs> <laughs> yeah right maybe it's I mean they shouldn't be I don't want them to be in solitary they can be with Somebody they can you can pair them up in a complimentary way. What like if we put them out to Mars? Yeah, Mars is fine. Just something where they can go think about what they've done. I'll even say I kind of almost agree with you when it comes to war criminals. I mean, I know we're getting incredibly off subject, but who gives a fuck? You know, <laughs> like as far as war criminals, as, like, <laughs> <laughs> as far as war, I mean, I think war criminals are much worse than just your regular run of the mill murderer. Yeah, you know, you I feel like a normal murderer. There's almost just probably usually a reason of some sort right there you needs know, to you be can, some sort of restorative talk to them be like don't right. do it again right. you know we get you we get you some kind of information here yes understand you'll teach you something there's no talking to Idi Amin you know there's no like you know reasoning with uh Pol Pot right you know? <laughs> right yeah that's so so and then the monkeys can stay because I don't think monkeys uh, <laughs> oh so not only do they have to go out there they gotta report back yeah <laughs> because monkeys you know I actually I feel like uh 
along the subject of animal rights, I feel like there's like complicated things about zoos, you know, like zoos can. I do can, feel bad about zoos. I go I, back and forth I, on the zoo it's, thing. And it depends on the zoo, right? And the animal. And the animal. And I think that Orcas, like, no. There's places where they do research and where it's a conservation and like there's re- where it really is those, about the animals. They yeah. try to get those dumb pandas to fuck. Yeah, right. and animals born in zoos, they can't go to the wild. Right. So like, those are fine to be in zoos. They don't know any better. They're treat- treated pretty good. But like, oh man, I went to like a, there was like a free zoo in Minneapolis and it was like the saddest oh, thing yeah, on yeah, earth. Yeah, 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 and like, yeah. you know, what zoos where the point is to make people pay money to look at animals in captivity oh i i just i think that it's like very devastating i think that there are it is possible to have animals in captivity and have it not be inherently abusive that's something that plenty of animal rights people would say that they don't agree with um but like it yeah i think feel like taking which is (laughs) monkeys in space made me think of it but like taking an animal out of their habitat i think is an inherently cruel thing to do i agree with that 100 percent. as far as zoos goes you know if they're born in them I don't know. I, th- I think that's we the can't way change going. the past. Yeah. You know, you can't change what's already. But that happened. means we have to like stop, like be like 2017. Last year, we're allowed to have any animals in this. If they're born here, then keep going. But then we're not yeah. going to keep going and taking it. You know what or I mean? Those uh, zoos that are for animals that got hit by cars and stuff. There was a great one in Tallahassee. Oh yeah, the, that's right. All bears that had gotten hit by dumb rednecks. <laughs> Yeah, you nurse them back to health. and yeah. Tallahassee would be more interesting. Like, you would probably have snakes and iguanas and shit. Like, I feel like in mm-hmm. Iowa, that zoo would just be like a bunch of raccoons. Yeah. <laughs> but that would I be fun. I don't fine. know. There's mountain lions everywhere, you know. There's got to be. Yeah, deer. Some, and... some fun stuff. Man, I went to one horrible zoo in the Everglades once. It was uh, called Billy Swamp Safari. <laughs> and it was just run by Indians. And so they could kind of, like, have what it, it was just like they have whatever they want. There's no laws. And so, like, they just, like, bought a bunch of buffalo and antelope and shit like that and threw it in bears and just threw them into the fucking Everglades and let them all, like, mingle around with the alligators. And, the you know, now there's all these boa constrictors down there. And it's just crazy. And I remember the, the saddest part was they had all these, right when you walk in, they have all these small cages for, you know, Florida animals, like the Florida bear. And they had this one cage that was... No bigger than this room with the curtains up right now. And then coming out of the cage was a giant tree. And then the the cage kind of stopped and the tree kept going. You know, one of those type things. And it was for a Florida panther. And there's only like 60 of these things. You know, there's not, you know, it's they're one of the most endangered species in the world. And they, then there were panthers just sitting on top of the tree with its head against the gate. Just, just screaming. And then, like, you know, there's all these fucking idiots around taking pictures. I'm like, it's talking. It's talking. Right, right. You know, it's like, God damn it. This is like the saddest thing I ever fucking seen in my whole life. Yeah. How much? How many panthers are left? What does it say? It's not as bad as it used to be. In the 1970s, there was around 20. Jesus. But now it's about 230. Get to fucking panthers. Good job. Yeah, it's just like there's obviously too many people in the world. Yeah. If there's 230 panthers. Yeah, it's and, not enough. And what, 8 billion yeah. humans? 9 billion humans? I mean, like, that's like, that's a big difference. Like, it's like, there's only like thousands of rhinos left because people cut their horns off because they think it makes their dicks hard. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's an insane thing that we're doing. It's like, maybe we should slow ourselves down. Well, conservation's really tricky. They had a huge problem out west where they were increasing the amount of deer. 
and then uh as and killing off all the wolves and as a result a bunch of deer starve because there were too many deer and not enough wolves picking off the deer yeah Mm. and then the same thing happened in florida with the alligators they were so endangered for a while and then they got crazy laws put against you know hurting alligators and then fucking everywhere alligator attacks started going up you know it's just like (laughs) oh i don't even know how to deal with this But yeah, I think like if the moment you're describing in the zoo is like a moment like I feel like it, it you know, just we have we have very selective compassion for animals like as Americans like we obviously like love our cats and dogs and like mm-hmm. uh you know, there are like like I feel like so many regular people identify as animal lovers, yeah, but there is But then you this- could stomp on a possum's face and people give you a high five. Totally. And it's just like right, there is like in so at so many levels we are kind of programmed to like not have compassion towards animals. And I think that just generally having the experience of like seeing a very unhappy like uh, you know, uh a confined animal and having an empathetic experience is something like we should be striving towards rather than being the idiots that are like taking a selfie with the sad panther, you know? Yeah. I mean, you just got to understand that, you know, these are, these are wild animals. Zoos are fun. I'm not going to stop going to zoos. Yeah. That's the thing. They're fun. And I want to get high and go to the zoo, you know, but it's I don't great. want to also because I'm worried I'm going to be really sad if I do that. You yeah. Know? You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's you try to find certain zoos that are better than others. I know the San Diego zoo is, amazing i know the one in washington really is really really good yeah you know so it's like if you go to the right ones make it more of a special treat then you know duluth doesn't need its zoo right a you polar know? bear in minneapolis <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, polar yeah. bear was too sad right yeah so it's like you you pick and choose which i mean like new york city we got five zoos or something, you know, it's like it's and I know they do well and they treat everything good. But at the same time, the giraffe is sitting in the goddamn hut all winter. You know, one <laughs> so of my uh, one of my middle school students, I thought, had a very astute observation after going to the Bronx Zoo. He you know, lives in the Bronx and is lives in a neighborhood that is completely economically marginalized. And uh, he went to the Bronx Zoo and his when he left, he was like. I don't understand how this part of the Bronx has all this money for like gorilla habitats and signs and stuff. And then you walk one block down and there's like homeless people on the street who don't have any food. And I was like, that is a really profound observation. 14 year old. Like, you need to dress those homeless people up as alligators. <laughs> Give them jobs. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thank you so much, Molly, for coming by. Everyone, please listen to page seven with uh, Molly's show with Jackie Zabrowski and Radio Dispatch. We have fun. Uh, How do people listen to Radio Dispatch, the show you do with John? We are, uh, that's a daily lefty political podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and all of your different podcasting apps uh, by searching Radio Dispatch if you want to keep up with our lefty rants about the terrible news and i'm not allowed to talk about the news on page seven so if you don't want to hear me talk about the news you can listen to page seven to hear me talk about you know justin bieber hell yeah <laughs> rock and roll hey, you call him bieber not news <laughs> yeah he's often <laughs> in the news <laughs> all right uh stay tuned for our interview with Brittany moats uh working in an animal lab and we'll find out uh what her life is like and how hard that is and how stinky it is and hopefully she doesn't get uh you know diseases so uh (laughs) stay tuned guys thanks for listening hello everybody how you doing this is the brighter side i'm ed larson and with me with me as always is the wonderful vivacious 
Red-headed Mary Kelly, how you doing, darling? I'm great. I'm red-headed. Yes, you are. You find, there's, there was no mistaking it. Mm-hmm. It is hot as hell. You have a jean jacket on. Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed. You're Gotta not sweating. Cool. You're poised. Gotta be I'm cool. I'm dripping with goo. I am. I'm a. I'm a, I'm a disaster. I'm covered. Covered in just juice. Eddie, I think you look great. Thank you. You look. They call that dewy in the, the, dewy? In the fashion biz. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. look very dewy today. Not only only an Irish woman would love a man who drinks too much who sweats. <laughs> uh, joining us today. Today we are talking about a very interesting subject, which is a very. It can be very taboo, but at the same time, in my personal opinion, is very necessary. We are talking about animal testing, and uh, which is, uh, you know, it's weird. It's a weird thing to, you know, just have an animal and test out goods that like suntan lotion or whatever, toothpaste or whatever's going on, you know, on them. And it's a uh, it's bizarre concept, but we're doing it. And it's made us not die a couple times, I'm sure. And so joining us is the wonderful Brittany Motes. How you doing, Brittany? Good. How are you? Pretty good. And you're uh, you're someone who rubs lotion in animals' eyes, right? Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You are uh, you uh, you work in a lab where you test products on animals, correct? We do medical research. Medical research. Interesting. W- what does that entail? Like, uh, is it medication or? Um, it depends on the study. Um, uh huh. What are you working on I right now? I know you like monkeys. So I love monkeys. Some of our and We've I want to say baboons. thank you so much. There is Brittany. <laughs> the reason I know Brittany and I found Brittany is she messaged the brighter side or the the roundtable Facebook page and said she's getting in a bunch of monkeys and she needed help naming them. And she ended up naming a monkey after me. And I just can't even deal with the notion that there's a monkey named after me. It's so exciting. I love monkeys with all my heart. And she also, you named a monkey after Holden. I was just hanging out with him. And he says, thank you. And he really <laughs> appreciates it. Actually, you kind of got two because you also named one Morris. Slow, yeah. <laughs> slow after his character, slow talking Morris, you know. But uh, he, he, so what, what is the, um, the what are the monkeys going to be going through? We've got some baboons that um, are being used for xenotransplantation. What is, what, hold is on, hold on. What, what's xenotransplantation? Taking an organ from another animal and putting it in another animal. Holy smokes. So we've got pigs, and um, we have successfully taken pig valves and put them into the baboons, and the baboons are doing completely normal. They're great. So bowels from a pig, like basically a butthole, and is no a heart valve. Oh, a heart valve, a valve. Okay, I misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> Go south, Eddie. Go yeah, south. yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, is that because uh, they say pigs are so similar to human beings, and that's why they're looking into transplanting from pigs to? Yeah, the goal is to um, take kidneys from the pigs and put them into the baboons. I think they're ready to go to clinical studies with that, which would be putting pig organs in people. But we've got to show the FDA that it works in the baboon so then they can move on to the clinical testing. Are you doing this? Are you a a surgeon? Oh, hell no. I'm bottom of the barrel cleaning up the monkey shit. (laughs) (laughs) Eddie, this is a podcast, not NPR. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was just, I was, I was supposed to be so impressed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so they're putting 
they're gonna that's amazing and it's and it's worked yeah we had a class on it a couple of months ago where the head investigator told us about it and his goal is by 2021 to be able to have a stock of pigs ready to be used whenever a person needs a transplant where are they getting these pigs and baboons to test on the pigs we're breeding they the original like mother pig is coming from a farm who would either some of the pigs go to be meat and some come to us yeah i I guess they buy semen and eggs from genetically superior pigs to implant into the females and then they give birth and the babies are hand raised and um eventually their kidneys are going to be harvested to put in the baboons wow that's crazy and i gotta ask i mean how many have you guys gone through you know like have a lot of a lot died is this a milo and otis situation here i think quite a few piglets haven't made it that far past birth mm-hmm. i'm not sure why i'm not really involved with that aspect of it but yeah. um well i mean you're the cleanup crew yeah, but we have separate people that are taking care of the baby pigs because they have to have 24-hour care. And um, oh, Man, I it, bet. They are so cute, though. I know. Baby pigs are so cute. I love them so much. Pigs are one of my favorite animals. I got to say, oh, yeah. I, I put them high on the list. At least top 20. They're smart. Very smart. Yeah. And their skin's like ours. Mm-hmm. You know, so that makes yeah. them even more, you know, able to be hugged. She's going to the fair hugging pigs. You hear, do you guys get a lot of flack? I mean, do you guys get, uh, do people mess with you about what's going on there at the. Well, uh, I think we're supposed to not tell people what we do. Okay. But on one hand, we're supposed to try and take away some of the stigma from animal testing. So I. I don't know. It's hit and miss as to what we can and can't say, I guess. Fair but enough. Because there, there is definitely a stigma. And Lord knows bad things have happened in laboratories to animals. There's no there's no way to question that. It's, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's definitely gone evil once or twice. But you, you guys are working in, medical, in the medical field. This isn't, you know, this isn't like a bunch of Revlon being jammed in a you know, monkey's bottom, you know, this is, uh, is this, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to replace heart valves, you know? So it's like, at the same time, it's like, who cares if a couple pigs and baboons die, you know, especially pigs, we eat them anyway. Lord knows I had some today, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Is it hard to eat pig after you play with them so much? Not really. I get kind of more grossed out by the fat on a pork top now. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I see how their asses jiggle when they walk around. <laughs> that's not a good image in my head when I'm trying to eat. <laughs> and I also, you were talking to me. You were also working with um, rats and mice. What was that uh, project? Yeah, that's mostly what I do. I change out about thirteen hundred mouse cages a week. Oof. Um, my rat room right now has like mouse cages a week you change out yeah that is an obscene amount of mouse cages how many mice do you guys th- you think you have at that place oh in the entire facility i'd say over a hundred thousand 
Whoa, man. That is like the Marcy Projects amount of mice. <laughs> yeah, it's regular insane. Willard situation. We've got, because each cage, if it's just like regular non-breeding, can be one to seven adult mice. And then if they breed, then it's like three per cage plus the litter and just so many. Oh, my Lord. And what do you guys do? doing with all these mice what's going on over there most of my rats and mice are used for um psychology studies psychology studies yeah he uses um rat models to study the genetics of suicidal behavior what yeah i didn't know that <laughs> you could do that are rats suicidal he, i guess we all hate them so much i mean they, they can have to understand anything we say <laughs> I guess if they're suicidal, they're hiding it well because they <laughs> they act pretty nice. Man, but I think he's found a link between micro RNA and um, suicide that could act as like a genetic marker for suicidality. Wow, that is crazy! Yeah. And so, what do you? How do you make the the rats sad? Do you like pull out their whiskers and take away their cheese? Like that doesn't make it's crazy. <laughs> um, I don't know what they do to them. They they do brain surgery on them. I'm assuming because they'll have stitches on their head. Wow! But um, they wild. act just as normal as all of the other rats. So yeah, I only know that those are the ones because they're that specific investigators rats. Man, what's some of the? This is so bizarre to me. How how can you tell if a rat is depressed or not? I mean, it's just do is it not I have no does idea. It not eat its food or listening to Ben Folds Five. Yeah. <laughs> so are we correct in saying that the majority of experiments that go on at the facility you work at are medical based as opposed to cosmetics and other things like that? Yeah, all of our stuff is medical. We don't do anything like cosmetic or anything like that. It's all biomedical research. Mm-hmm. So it must be difficult working there because um, I imagine that the policies in terms of making sure that no one gets any diseases in or out of the facility must be pretty high, especially working with uh, apes and baboons you were saying you were working with early. Yeah, we work with macaques and um, they can carry the herpes B virus. None of ours have it. You can get herpes from we to treat them like they do. Did they start it, the macaques, the uh, herpes virus? I have no idea. You have no idea? They carry herpes. Do they carry any other diseases a human could have? Who knows, right? Probably. I think tuberculosis. Gee, they have to be TB tested regularly. Those are two of my least favorite, I have to say, of the diseases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you guys are worried about getting herpes from the monkeys. I mean, like, how does that even work? I mean, is it viral or what is the, is, if they cough on you, if they jump on you if and start we get, kissing you? like scratched or bitten from them then we have to go to the emergency room and um take like two weeks worth of these horse pills and get a ton of blood work done just to make sure that everything's okay like even if you get scratched on one of the locks on their cages you have to go through that oh my lord and it, it rarely happens though but i've been there for like a year and a half and only one person scratched herself on a lock and has had to do that oh okay what is some of the what was the worst thing you ever seen a, 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 a monkey do? um when we or first got the baboons in there were two males and two females and the males were pair housed so they could interact with each other mm -hmm. and um every time i would walk into the room they would both have raging horrons oh. and i think that they 
were messing around with each other. Mm. Gonna happen. It's prison rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's his, uh, you know, that's his, uh, this yeah. lab husband. You can't mess with that. That's, you know, that's, that's genuine character. Were they biting on each other or were they just screwing? I think they were just touching each other. Oh, good for them. I'm happy for them. <laughs> Guys, yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta find pass some the time somehow. Yeah, yeah. Pass some satisfaction with your, with your life. <laughs> <laughs> going back uh to the rats the i'm just so perplexed by that can you honestly could you tell me as much as you know about this situation or the curing they're trying to cure suicide it just seems like you know you never even think of suicide as a disease you know i know depression is clinically you know you can you can talk about you know depression and stuff but suicide as a disease i mean this is a can be cured with surgery. I just don't even know how to take that information. It's what is the what is the proposed outcome of the situation? Do you know? It says that specific microRNAs may be associated with suicidal ideation, and he has also looked at differences among microRNAs in slices of post-mortem brains of people who have been severely depressed. Whoa. So basically, they have they keeping the brains of people who committed suicide, and then testing them to see what see uh, any similarities in these in these rats. How yeah. similar is a rat brain to a human brain? Well, Eddie, I might have an answer for you. One of the Thank main you. reasons rats and mice are used in these experiments is because it's a good first step in experimentation. Because technically, under U.S. law. Rats, mice, fish, amphibians, and birds are not defined as animals under animal experiment regulations. In other words, since they're not technically animals, because we not everyone, really... because like rats are the one animal you can beat to death in front of everyone, and no one could give a fuck. Exactly. Whoa, interesting. And no permission to experiment on them is needed, and they are not included in any statistics. This is nuts. I think the Animal Welfare Act regulates the use of all warm-blooded vertebrates in research, except. Birds, rats, and mice break exclusively for research. All birds? I mean, like, I can't just walk up to a I parrot and punch so. it in the face. Yeah, apparently, according to the <laughs> Animal Welfare Institute, the U.S. is the only country in the world that doesn't include within the animal welfare laws and regulations rats, mice, and birds. Wow. Man, you know, I would put parrots on the list of don't fuck with. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna yeah. say don't fuck with parrots. Only parrots? What about peacocks? A peacock never talked to me. <laughs> Peacock never said nothing. Cock peacock never said hello, Eddie. How you doing? How many peacocks have you met? I've met like three. Really? I've met three. I pet one. Mm-hmm. Swear to God. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I gotta go. I like par- little parrots bite more than peacocks. Peacocks yeah. are great. I like a peacock. I'm not saying I want to go kick a peacock. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying <laughs> that you know, I mean, you gotta protect the parrots. Mm-hmm. What about parrots are first. Crows can talk. Crows can talk. I kind of like crows, but they're big, mean fuckers, man. You saw Dumbo. <laughs> you can't trust those slippery bastards. You guys got any birds? Um, Not that I know of. Not that you know We of. used to have chickens, Oof. like, several years ago, way before I was there. We had some chickens that were part of an HIV study. My current supervisor was trying to adopt one, and they were like, no, you can't have it has a chicken AIDS. with HIV. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> man! What would happen if you ate a chicken with AIDS? Would you would you get a a that, form of AIDS? But that's how human beings got AIDS in the first place. They ate meat with AIDS in it. Oh, I thought it was from sex with monkeys. No, it's people ate monkey meat. Oh, people ate monkey meat. Yes, I thought it was 
I thought it was sex. I think it was a lot of stuff. There was everything. <laughs> it, it was a lot of stuff. It going was a on. wild night. <laughs> you know, you know, you get a couple of uh, zambukas down. <laughs> what what are what are some uh, what's your what's your least favorite animal to clean up after? Tree shrews. I hate tree what is shrews. That? A tree shrew? Yeah. What is a tree shrew? Like a just a dirty there squirrel? Kind of. They're like a rat squirrel mix. A rat squirrel mix. Oh, I feel like. Yeah, you know, you there. It's definitely mean looking. I'll tell you that much. Oh, bucktooth bastards! I, you know, I, I tell you the thing with these things. They look like that. If you go down to uh, Washington Square Park uh, around dusk every night, um, the rats fight the squirrels. And basically, there's a lot of squirrels and there's a lot of rats, and they all looking for food to dig underground. And, you know, so every night at dusk, if you want to go have a good New York City party, you go to Washington Square Park, watch the rats fight the squirrels. Occasionally, you'll see a black squirrel, which I guess is probably a tree shrew. It's like half rat, half squirrel. I mean, it is a I mean, these things are gross. They stink. They smell too bad. They smell bad. Ferrets smell bad. You guys got any ferrets? Yeah, not in my building, but we do. Ugh. And there's some that are part of some kind of study with uh, nicotine and smoking or something. It's I've only seen them once, and it's kind of hilarious. You'll yeah. walk in the room, and their fur is stained yellow from the nicotine. Oh, no. And I'd pay like five bucks to see a ferret <laughs> smoking a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Florida. I'm easily entertained. <laughs> Sounds like a great time. Come see the smoking ferrets. They make special scientific cigarettes for studies like this. And, like, the ferrets know to, like, tap some part of the cage for a cigarette. Do they make little leather jackets for the little ferrets? (laughs) I wish. They need to. (laughs) Oh. What's the, what's the, what's your, what's your favorite animal you get to work with? You ever get to touch them or play with them ever, or? I pet the pigs a lot. You pet the pigs a lot? They yeah, be they're so fun. Sweet. They gotta be so sweet. I'll, they are. Well, you know, Brittany, I, I want you really, uh, it, it's been fun talking to you. It, is there, um, is there anything else that, I don't know, this is your career. This is what you do for a life. Uh, is there anything you want? What's the, what to you, what is the brighter side of animal testing? Other than the obvious, other than the, then, you know. We, we might not commit suicide anymore in 30 years. <laughs> um, I think the thing that's most important to me that I didn't realize until I even got into this field is how many laws and regulations there are surrounding it. Like we get inspections, institutional animal care and use committee every six months. They review protocols to make sure that we're in compliance with everything. We have to have a vet specialized in lab animal medicine to provide all of the animals adequate health care if before a scientist can do a research project they have to write out a protocol which proposes how many animals that they think that they're going to need mm-hmm. and the IACUC which is the institutional animal care and use committee will um, go through that and make sure that we're using the least amount of animals possible to still get a useful statistically sound data so um, every animal that's used is treated very well, as well as they can be. Yeah, sounds like they're treated better than prisons, prisoners in the American justice system. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, Brittany, 
I, I got I got all the I got all the, the hope for you in the world. And I, I bet you do it. Sounds it sounds like you're really uh you really care you really care about your work and I think it's really cool. I salute you. You know, I think uh you know, like like I said earlier, I mean what are you gonna do? Are you gonna are we gonna sit here and pretend that we're not gonna test products on animals? That we're not gonna try and cure diseases and you know, and find out how it affects people and test it on animals. It just seems bizarre to me, you know, that, that people would think that, oh, life's gonna be fine if we don't do the proper science to get the answers for these problems. And and I really appreciate you helping out and doing your part and well, Brittany Motes, thank you so much for talking to us. And thank you so much for listening and reaching out and shit, naming a fucking monkey after me. This is a, it's a, it's a dream come true. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. And uh, I hope uh, I hope all, I hope all the best for you in the future. Thank you. All right, guys, this has been the brighter side of animal testing. Uh, talking to an animal testing worker, cleanup lady, Brittany Motes. Thank you so much for talking to us. I would plug something, but... Uh, You'll probably plug a rat. So, uh, <laughs> what do you think are some of the brighter sides of animal testing? Do you believe in it, Mary? I mean, yes, I do. I mean, a huge problem right now that we're looking at in medicine is uh, antibacterial resistant viruses. And, you know, the field of medicine is constantly changing. So we're going to we're going to need ways of testing out new medicines and new treatments. And at the end of the day, if someone's going to die of an overdose from an experimental drug, do you want it to be your aunt or your uncle or do you want it to be um you know a pot belly pig a pot belly pig now if a pig overdoses from heroin mm-hmm. should you eat it mm, yes that's a question for Brittany. real question is do you charge more yeah, <laughs> for yeah. Heroin do pig? you smoke it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, guys. This has been The Brighter Side. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out our Facebook fan group there or whatever the hell it is, our page. Uh, it's so much fun. Everyone's so cool and supportive on there. We're on. Uh, please rate us and review us on iTunes. And uh, I'm Eddie Tunes on Twitter and, and, and Instagram. And Mary. MJ Bolt on Instagram. Badass. All right, guys. Taking us out as the MC5. Call me animal. This song's fucking badass. Live your life. Rock hard. And remember, be good to those pigs. Peace. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.